Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. Um, This episode is actually a recording of my friend Jodi Brown interviewing me for her podcast. That's not confusing, is it? Um, Her podcast is The Hairstylist Rising. If you have not listened to it, go subscribe. Give it a listen. If you like this one, you're going to like hers. Trust me. She interviews amazing people, asks amazing questions, and gives literally amazing value in everything she does. Jodi has turned into one of my greatest industry friends, um, and I just love her to death. So give her a follow at It's Jody Brown on Instagram, as well as um, her podcast um, Instagram account as well. I'm saying too many words, right? <laughs> so we are just going to get right into it today. And do not forget, if you are listening to this um, on time, aka the day that it came out or the week that it came out, do not forget to go and sign up and register for Three Secrets to Becoming a Cash Confident Stylist. It's a free mastermind that I am hosting this coming Sunday. There will also be a live Q&A, so you can ask questions, get a little bit of free coaching, all of that fun stuff. So that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, Jody is interviewing me on what it means to be a cash confident stylist. So please enjoy. Hi, Misty. Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am thrilled to have you. I can't wait to dive into this topic again. Thanks for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy our conversations. So since we last had you on the podcast, you have rebranded into the cash confidence stylist podcast, which I have loved listening to. It's been so, so good. And I'm really curious to just dive into that phrase a little bit. What does cash confident mean? 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like it's almost personal to individuals, but it kind of falls into a, a, a larger category. So what I find with my clients is that they are lacking confidence around money. They're mm-hmm. lacking trust with themselves on how they deal with their money. They're lacking really even confidence in even communicating when it comes to money. So the cash confidence stylist to me is a stylist who is very clear on their numbers. They're very clear on how they communicate their pricing. They're very clear on what they're bringing in as well as what they are doing with it when they bring it home. So they're trusting their decisions. That's what that means to me. Ooh, I love that. Cause I think that's, you know, when I was listening to you speak at the solopreneur CEO summit, you said something about stylists. A lot of the time we have this internalized story that we are not numbers people. Mm-hmm. And I know that Kanisha, who was one of the other speakers, she was diving into that as a CPA and so I'm really interested to dive into that from the perspective of a money coach. So, you know, where do you think this story came from? Because I think it's very prevalent that we think, and I'm 100% guilty in the past. I've thought I'm a creative. I'm not a numbers person, which if you're a business person, you have to be a numbers person. There's really no getting around it. So what does that mean to you? And how do you think this started? I really think that people, especially creatives, we want to do things that make an impact. We want to do things we're passionate about. And we have this idea that it's not about money. Or we have this idea that, you know, I, I would do it for free if I could. But realistically, that's, you can't, right? You have to have a roof over your head. You have to have a, 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 a place to work, like all of the things, right? So if you think about money, it literally trickles into every aspect of your life every aspect. So saying you're not a numbers person is actually hindering your potential because you need to figure out what is going on, not just in your business, but in your life and how can you enhance things. So for example, um, if you want to make a greater impact, what if you had more money to be able to do that? What if you had more money to reach more people, to you know, put money towards charities that that means something to you? To, I could go on and on, right? So I think saying not you're not a money per, or saying you're not a numbers person is a disservice to yourself. I think mm-hmm. that we we feel like it's confusing, right? Yes. And I think that like taking that on as an identity, like saying, oh, I can't understand numbers. Cause for me, that was always what it was. Like, I'm like, you know, ironically, I was really good at math in school when it came to accounting. It was a whole other thing when I first got into business, when I was behind the chair. And I think that it's one of those things where if you take it on as an identity, it's going to be very difficult for you to change that story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you were speaking and you were talking about how damaging it is to take on, I'm not a numbers person, it really hit me. And I was like, that's actually why I wanted to invite you back on the podcast because it is so true. And I had never quite thought of it that way, like how energetically and, you know, emotionally, you're holding yourself back. Well, if you say you're not a numbers person, then you're not even going to pay attention to the numbers, right? Like you're literally going to ignore it. So Mm -hmm. again, when somebody says I'm not a numbers person, a lot of times it really means that they just want to avoid money. 
So there's a lot of healing that needs to happen because I have, I have a ton of clients who money makes them anxious because they saw fighting around conversations around money when they were younger or money makes them anxious because they have no knowledge of how to work with their dollars because growing up, nobody ever talked about money. It was like the secret thing that they don't know if their parents had it, not had it. All they did was maybe see stress around, you know, maybe if a bill came in the mail or something like that. So I think that we learned about money from people who knew nothing about money. Totally. And then you come into the industry and, you know, there's, there's still a very, I think we're changing this, but there's still that pervasive, you know, culture of like hiding tips or like, oh, you don't want to, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. And I, I literally can't get my head around this, but I still hear conversations that are like, oh, like you don't want to make too much money or you'll have to pay too much taxes. Yes. Yes. And it's like, I read a post from Michelle Cook, who's the small business CPA. And she's like, I shoot for the biggest tax bill ever, because that means that that's my best year ever. Like, it's inevitable. We're going to have to pay taxes. And I think in this industry, like the advice that when you're an impressionable, you know, you're just coming out of hair school and maybe someone you look up to is like, Oh, hide your money. You don't want to make too much money. Like, of course you're going to feel weird about it. Of course you're going to feel all of these different ways. So, you know, it's, and I, the reason I bring that up is because I think it's important to acknowledge where this came from And the fact that it's likely not your fault, it's a really tender issue. And I think if you have felt confused and you're wanting to tackle this, there can be a lot of guilt almost. Well, there's a lot of lack mindset that a lot of us, one, don't even realize we have, two, have no idea where it came from. So I challenge anyone listening, like what money stories did you see growing up? Like journal it out, write it down, like really figure out like, okay, I saw my dad do this. I constantly heard money doesn't grow on trees. I constantly heard you will only be successful if all you do is work hard and save your money. Like there's all of these narratives that we subconsciously heard growing up that now bleed into every little thing we do in our lives and in our businesses. For me, I always felt like money was going to be gone. Like one day, like I can work hard, but then it can all disappear. So it was, it was, I would work out of that lack. Right. Right. So let me go ahead and spend a bunch because somebody else could take it, but I wasn't really like, thinking about my future or thinking about, you know, how I could actually turn that money into long-term opportunities or just turn it into something better for my future in general. And it's still something like that I have to like reset my mind for, you know what I mean? It's like, honestly, I think about this all the time. Worst case scenario, I go DoorDash and make money. Worst case scenario, I sell half of the Lululemon stuff that I don't wear in my closet where, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think that there's this idea that money just isn't available Yeah, and money is available if we find the ways to find it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that you have like a, a guide about like five ways to find more money. And I was, I was watching your stories one day and I was just watching some of the like messages you were getting about how, where people were finding this money. And it's so true. I think that we get this idea that it's so, and I, I see this particularly now, I think because of all the talk about like inflation, right? Mm -hmm. So like 
I think it's like at the forefront more and yeah, it has been really big. Right. But I keep seeing like people being like, Oh, like there's, you know, all of this is coming, but there's no, there's no way for me to like increase my income, which I, I totally acknowledge for, you know, if you're on a salary or whatever, like, no, you can't just be like, okay, I want to make more for the same amount of, you know, work necessarily. But it struck me as how closed off to possibility. And I think that people always lean on that answer. Well, I need more money. And that again, goes down to lack, right? Right. Rather than going, wait a minute, what can I do differently with the money that I have? So my five ways to find money is a perfect example of that because not only is it putting money back in your pocket, but it's actually making you more aware of where your money is even going in the first place. Because half of the people that are saving a hundred dollars a month by going through that are canceling subscriptions that they had no idea they were paying for. (laughs) Just, just a little, that's a little secret of one of them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I see your face (laughs) for this. This is like my, cause I use so much software. Right. And so I'm like, Ooh, I'll try this. Ooh, I'll try this. Cause I'm always testing things for, you know, like new content creation software, new like marketing stuff. So I'm always testing things and I definitely often forget to cancel them. So I, again, I was watching one of your stories and I was like, Ooh, I should look at this. Do you want to hear what one of them was? This is yeah. so funny and so embarrassing. So I thought it would be funny to sign my best friend. There's this believe it or not, there's a subscription where you can send cat fact text messages <laughs> to, to your friends. <laughs> that is awesome. I signed up for this so long ago. You know, you have to tell the listeners what app that is or what. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's literally called like cat facts catfacts.com. So, and by the way, she still hasn't thought that it was me, but she has basically been getting a cat fact per day for the last, like, I don't even know how long. That is so fun. That is a great prank. (laughs) Right. So I thought it was really funny, but I definitely did not plan on doing it for a sustained period of time. So that's a really good tip because I think honestly, it really is just paying attention essentially a lot of a hundred percent. Well, and think about it. So let's go back to the, I'm not a numbers person, right? Like, again, when you say that you don't even try to be one, right? So you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You don't sit down and kind of analyze what's going on. Cause if you sit down and look at your bank statements, it is going to be literally a roadmap of not only where your life is right now, but you can actually predict where your life is going. Right. And I think if you look at it that way, that's when you can make the small shifts because it really is all about awareness. If Mm -hmm. we ignore money, then we're stressed out about money. And then we continue to ignore it because it stresses us out. It literally just keeps us in the stress cycle. That is such a good point. And you know, one of the things that you had said a long time ago that I remember I was like, oh, wow, what a mindset shift was when you were talking about when you had gotten out of, out of debt. Right. And then you were like, and then all of a sudden I had all of this other money that I could like use as a tool for the things that I wanted. So I think that sometimes we think about like, cause once you have buried your hand in the sand or buried your head in the sand for a long time, 
it's kind of like, oh, it's too scary to look at things, but it's like a low level stressor constantly. Whereas, you know, off sometimes when you look at it, it's like, okay, that's even paying off debt, for instance, like that is something that you do for a set period of time. And then you actually like end up with more money afterwards because you're not having to put all of your funds into like survival mode and keeping your head above water. Exactly. Exactly. I remember when we first started our journey of getting out of debt, we were only three months in, nothing changed. We still had debt. We still had the same income, but we felt so much more in control because we were paying attention. Because how many times if you, you're not even paying attention, you're swiping your card, you don't know, you know, you're going out to eat, you're, you're doing this, you're doing whatever, you know, you're just not looking at where your money is going. And then you get that bill in the mail. Maybe it's a credit card bill, your whatever. And you're like, holy shit, how did I spend $3,000 this month? Wait. And then what do you do? You get mad when you get a bill in the mail, maybe for your car insurance. Right. But, but who should we be mad at? Right. Not paying attention and being unintentional with our spending or the bill that we should have known was coming in the first place. Yeah. That's so we're so- just taking our emotions and we're just like putting it towards something else when we're actually not paying attention to what we actually like would fix the stress. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, there's like always this fear that, oh, like if I, if, you know, if I start to think where my money is going and I start to pay attention to the numbers, then I'm not ever going to be able to do anything fun ever again. (laughs) It's like that viral meme that's like, I've got responsibilities now. Like that's, I think, so where our heads go to when we think about it, right? Well, I think that's the problem. And I think that's where the Dave Ramsey's and where society has ingrained in us that it's one or the other. Like you, you're either going to like dive into your goals head first and have zero fun and completely restrict yourself, or you're just going to just, I mean, even conversations, I had a conversation with one of my friends yesterday and we were talking about somebody who opened a business and the conversation went into her asking, well, how did she pay for this? And the thing is, is it doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter how she paid for it. And and I, I think that society has made it, this is right, this is wrong, you know, and and it's not necessarily however works for you that continues to get you to where you want to be is right. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? <clears throat> it reminds me of what, like the diet culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're like, oh, like I can't start eating any healthier because I have a birthday next week or, oh, it's Christmas. So like, you know, I can't, why start eating vegetables now when I'm just gonna, you know, something bad in two weeks. And so it's like, oh, you don't ever start. And that's kind of what the money thing sounds to me. It reminds me of that because people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm going on vacation or something, or like I have to go for dinner. So I'm just going to spend recklessly and not pay any attention because of this one event that's like somewhere in the distant or near future. When you think about it out loud, it makes zero sense. (laughs) Right. Well, and bring it back to confidence, right? So like, if you think about confidence, let's, we'll talk about the gym. How many times have you heard people say, when I get in a little bit better shape, I'm going to go to the gym. 
Oh my goodness. I've said it. I've said right? that. <laughs> but, but what actually gets you in better shape? Mm-hmm. It's going, going to, the to the gym. So yeah. it's like we avoid the thing that we need to be doing that is going to build our confidence in the area we lack confidence, which really, if you put that down on paper, make a little visual graph makes zero sense. <laughs> totally. You know, this it's, one of the concepts that I love so much is in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, when he talks about every action, essentially being a vote for or against the person that you want to be. Right. And so when we think about it, it's these like micro things and the little habits that stack up. Like, yeah, you're going to need to make some changes if you want to change anything. But I think so often we get in our heads that it has to be this huge, scary, monumental thing when sometimes like starting small is better than not starting because you're going to be in a different place. So I want to bring this back, right? We talk about cash confidence. We talk about what this means, what it means to run your money stories. But you know that I always love to give some tangible tips and steps on the podcast so that my listeners can take action on what we're talking about. So if you're, if someone's listening right now and they're like, girl, you are speaking directly to me, (laughs) but where the hell do I even start? Like, what are some steps that you can take and what's the the key to becoming cash confident? Can we talk about that? Absolutely. Number one thing, number one, I don't care who I'm working with, what their goals are, what their situation is. The number one step that you have to start with is finding awareness in your situation. You Mm -hmm. have to find clarity. And this is the hardest part for a lot of people because it's literally the thing that they're avoiding. So what you need to do is you have to sit down and see what's going on and not just sit down and look at your bank statements and see where your money is going, but sit down and like journal out again. Like I said earlier, what money stories did you see growing up? How are they affecting what you're doing today? Are you doing the same? Are you doing the opposite? What things did you hear growing up around money that are shaping what you do with your money, whether it be in your business as well? Because I talk a lot about personal finance, but it literally, it bleeds into your business. I mean, if you think about the idea of, you know, just feeling like a scarcity mindset, you're also not going to feel as comfortable charging what you need to charge for your services. You're not going to feel as comfortable communicating. So finding awareness is step one, period, hands down. What exactly is going on? Where is your money actually going? How much money are you? Do you know how many clients I have that when we sit down and do the assess your situation, they are shocked how much money they are making? Really? Like more or less? Oh my, I would say more. Have no idea how much they're making. And it, it makes me so happy. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) So awareness goes both ways. We're so, we're so fearful of looking at our money because of that idea of lack Mm. that we don't even put in our mind that there's a possibility of actual abundance. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I recently was with a client and we were talking about her debt and her debt was because she wanted to go on maternity leave. And we we had a whole, whole narrative around it of how she had this bad debt and needed to get, get rid of it and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I said, would you be able to have stayed with your baby without that debt? Mm -hmm. And the answer was no. Right. So would you have done something different? Right. No, like you, you, 
we think there's this good and bad, kind of like I was saying earlier, when in actuality, sometimes the thing that society has made us feel is bad actually Mm -hmm. opened up some kind of happiness in our life. So we carry around this like shame and judgment because of these people that we'll never meet, that their, their opinions of our money and our situation never matter. They're never going to matter. Mm-hmm. And we carry around all those negative feelings for no reason when in actuality, it's something that opened up happiness in our life. Oh, that's, that's such a great way of looking at it. And I think it's like really hard to put your money into something when you have a negative opinion of it. Cause I'd always thought like, I'd always felt so resentful of having to make credit card payments and stuff. Cause it was money that I'd already spent. I'd already gotten whatever it was. I'd already done the thing. Right. And so I remember that really vividly and changing my perspective on it. It didn't feel as like heavy and like, you know, difficult to part with the money anymore, especially like once you kind of rewire that and then you'll notice that, you know, a lot more comes in. And that's another thing that I definitely noticed once I confronted that it allowed me to be a lot more confident in what I do. And it allowed me to impact more people and allowed me to, you know, have more abundance as well. So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's my personal journey with it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anytime that you're ignoring something, you know, or you're avoiding it, You can't make it grow one, you know, and you're not even going to know. I mean, how many times in the past I like got some kind of random check in the mail that I just spent unintended because I was just unintentionally spending all the time, you know, and then now I get a random check in the mail and I'm like, oh, we can put this towards something. We can put this towards a new goal. We can throw this in savings. We can do, you know what I mean? Rather than just throwing it in the bank account and then just blowing it on something that I don't even remember where it went. So again, finding clarity, it can go such a long way, such a long way. Getting intentional. I think that's another part of pretty much all. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry, Misty. So yes, the first thing is clarity. The second thing is going to be building your confidence. So finding cash confidence and how you do that is you have to create a plan. So depending on what your goals are, you know, have a spending plan. If your goals are to get out of debt, having a plan to get out of debt. If your goal is to save for something specific, having a plan to save, because that is where you're going to be able to tweak things as you go. You're going to be able to kind of see if you're even going in the right direction. And I I said spending plan quickly (laughs) because I but I'm going to come back around to it because a lot of people don't like the word budget. Right. And I say that with, with, a with this, with the sadness in my, in my voice, because honestly, spending plan and budgets, the same thing. Right. And I think that a budget gets a super bad rap. I think that people think it's restrictive. People think that you are, you have a budget, but you're actually, or I'm sorry, you are on a budget, but you actually have a budget. A budget is a tool. Millionaires, billionaires have budgets. You know, a budget doesn't mean that you cannot go out and spend money. It just means that you have a plan on where your money is going to go. That's why I call it a spending plan. Right. Because it's not about not spending money. It's about not wasting money. It's about being an intentional where your money is going. So confidence is going to come through the plan. And I'd like to add 
that it is about consistency, not perfection. Ooh, okay. That's good. That kind of like brings us back to that conversation we were having earlier about like waiting to do it because something's coming up. So you're saying that just because you have a spending plan doesn't mean that you have zero flexibility. Exactly. Exactly. I think that that's where people trip up. Maybe they sit down and they do a spending plan, especially the first time you sit down and do one. You're not going to remember all the things where all the areas your money has to go. You're just not. You're going to have to go to the store and get Advil one day. You're going to have, you forget that you need kitty litter. Speaking of cats and cat facts, you know, there, there's going to be something that you did not prepare for. That is life. That is going to happen in every aspect of life. And a lot of times when that happens, people just throw up their hands and they give up and they say, this isn't for me. I'm not a numbers person. This is never going to work out. I'm never going to hit my goals, but you can't do that. You have to look and you have to go, okay, then I just have to adjust. I have to shift. And then the next month you do your spending plan a little bit differently. And then something else is going to happen. And then the next, so it's more about the awareness than the actual, this is a game that I have to win. Cause I think that's how people try and play it, you know? Totally. And then that leads to, if it's all or nothing, then it leads to when something inevitably does come up, which it will. (laughs) Yeah. So then it's like, oh, well I failed. So, you know, screw it. Now I'm just going to give up because this didn't work. I feel like that's all or nothing mentality leads to so much pressure and, you know, inevitable failure in the eyes of whoever didn't execute it perfectly, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, so far clarity is number one. I say cash confidence, finding confidence, whatever it's your plan. It's your plan. You have to have some kind of plan. And then number two is communication. So I love this one because this is not one that people talk about often, pun intended. Communicating around money is hard for a lot of people. You know, even just sitting down and having a conversation with a friend around money feels uncomfortable for a lot of people. So I am very big on helping learn how to be comfortable talking about money in various manners. So for example, how many times have you had a friend call you and ask you to go to brunch? And maybe you're like, in the process of saving for something, maybe you just got a big bill in the mail and you know that you probably shouldn't spend the money, but you don't want to have that conversation. So you just say yes and you go. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's probably a super common scenario for sure. Super common. Well, one FOMO. So there's that. (laughs) So learning how to communicate your needs in various ways when it comes to money can be super helpful. So in that particular situation, you don't even have to like explain yourself fully. It can just be like, actually, you know, that doesn't really fit with my financial goals right now. Right. Or, Hey, come over here for brunch. I'll make you something delicious. You know, there's like ways to, to still communicate your needs with Mm -hmm. your friends, your family, family can be quite expensive from time to time and, and still be able to, to hit your goals that you need. Also having conversations with people who are doing the things that you want to do. This is a big one too. Okay. Go in rooms where people are, I don't want to say more successful. I don't like that success is personal to everybody, but in rooms where people are doing a little bit more than you, Mm -hmm. right? 
or doing the things that you wish you were doing. Go in those rooms, have those conversations, DM those people, ask questions, be curious because that can help you shift your money mindset. It can help you build your confidence. I always say, use them as expanders. Yes. Oh my goodness. And that's like such a great piece of advice for money. It's a good piece of advice for just your general, like happiness and life Mm -hmm. (laughs) surround yourself with people who inspire you and you will start to evolve in that direction. Surround yourself with people who make you feel shitty for wanting more for your life. And yeah, congratulations. Your reward is you get to stay stuck. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's like one of the things that's the most important to be intentional about. I think family can be the hardest. A hundred percent. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are, we have our mindset for a reason. And and usually it's because of what we heard growing up, you know, in-laws, like any of that kind of stuff too. Like, cause that's the thing is like, I think when we talk about like people, right. And again, this applies to anything. Like it's not always that you can avoid people who, don't believe in you or don't believe in, not even don't believe in you, but don't believe that your dreams are possible. Like I have been told that things that I want to do are unrealistic from the people closest to me, probably millions of times. Same. Mm -hmm. it's like, there's that quote where it's like, you know, if you do something, if you make, take a big risk, you're irresponsible until it works. And then you're a genius, which is like, literally the first, when I first went into business online, like, do you know how many times I heard like, well, at least you have a backup plan. At least you always go back to doing hair. And you know what I mean? Like, which if I would have gone back to doing hair, that's fine. But you know, it's, it's that like people project their fear on you and that can be financial. That can be you know, in any other thing. So child raising, that's another huge one where people have opinions. People have opinions on everything. They really do. If you are going to do something like there is an opinion on it. So I think that it's like, not so much always that you have to like cut people off. It's just, you need to figure out a way to protect your own peace regardless of, of, you know, who your family is or what they believe or whatever. So I just wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. Cause I think sometimes when we talk about the people you surround yourself with, it's people think, oh, well, I can't stop talking to my family. So obviously, you know, I'm, this isn't going to work for me. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. And you know what I, what I, the Aries in me really prove them fucking wrong. Yes. <laughs> Prove them wrong. I will never forget when we bought our house. So our, our house is like a big part of our story because we're in a neighborhood we never thought we could afford. And it's because our family knows this neighborhood and our family. I, I mean, I know my mom used to want to live here. Same thing. Couldn't afford it. Like all the things. Right. And when we went to buy this house, I will never forget a family member talking to my husband and saying, well, just make sure you're not going to be house poor. And this is a family member who knew none of our, like you, they knew nothing. They've never seen our bank accounts. They've never like, know nothing. Right. And, and it's like both of him and I, it's been four years now. And we still are just like, remember when she said that, ha, (laughs) and I love it. 
I love it so much. You know what I mean? And it's like, so instead of listening to that and going, oh my gosh, what if she's right? What if we screw ourselves and like, we can't afford the mortgage and blah, 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 blah. No, instead we went, screw you. You know nothing about our, and I love this, this family member, by the way. But screw you, you know nothing about our situation. We're going to do the damn thing anyway. And we did it, got through a pandemic. I yeah. stopped working for 10 months, started a new business, and yeah. we're still here and thriving. So totally prove them wrong. <laughs> and the next kind of person you're going to encounter too, and I think we've talked about this before, is the must be nice people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so lucky. To be able to, you know, buy a new house or must be nice to be able to go on vacation and that kind of stuff, which I think can almost be harder because it triggers guilt, right? If someone mm-hmm. says straight up something that you're like, that's like just shitty of you to say, I think it's easier to like, get your back up and be like, I'm going to prove them wrong. But then when someone phrases it like that, it's almost like, oh my God, is this something I should feel bad about? Should I feel guilty? So mm-hmm. as you confront your money issues and as you, you know, whether that's like spending your money differently, once you're able to, you know, do these things that people will take notice of, like no matter what your goals are, if it's buying a, a new house, if it's going on vacation, if it's buying a new car, like opening a business, whatever that looks like, you're going to get some comments and you just have to be so rooted in your purpose and so strong in your beliefs that you can let it like slide off your back. Well, and I think even shifting the, the perspective of proving them wrong to being their inspiration too. Yeah. You know, I, a lot of times we fear success for that reason. We fear success because what if we leave people behind? What if they think we're too good? I I have had serious imposter syndrome since moving into this neighborhood with my family a little bit for that exact reason. You know, I don't want them to think that we're too good for, you know, how we grew up or, or whatever, which it's really crap. And it's just a mental thing that I have had to overcome in my mind. But I think that's part of the money journey. There's layers There are so many layers, you know, and you hit one. I mean, I'm still pulling back layers to my money blocks still as a money coach, like there, I don't know if it ever fully ends, but letting other people dictate what we are capable of Mm -hmm. is a huge disservice to yourself. Absolutely. And I think knowing that, I, I think like that's really inspiring for you to share because if someone's listening, like know that you're not alone. Like if you've ever had any of these thoughts or you've struggled or you have, you know, felt like you're broke all the time and you can't figure it out. Like this is not something that is your fault. It's likely a result of conditioning and messaging that you have received. And, you know, it's not your fault if that's how you feel. But the thing is that at some point it's time to take responsibility and start working through it. You know, hundred percent. You can unlearn it. Yep. It's not always Absolutely. the easiest path, but it's possible. I mean, yep. look at me. I mean, I could go on and on. I mm-hmm. still get emotional thinking about how far my husband and I have come because we just never thought we would be able to do half of the shit that we've done in the past five years. And it's all because we changed our money story, all of it. And half of it doesn't even have to do with money. That This is where I'm like, you know, cannot reiterate enough that like it is more than about the money. Yeah. You know, it's just what, 
the money is a tool and what can you use this tool to create for your life? And, and yes, you got to let go of all of the, the guilt. You have to forgive yourself. You know, I self-sabotage myself forever. Yeah. You know, I was a hundred percent, hundred percent. The one that got us in debt. I'm not even blaming it on my husband. It was me, <laughs> like, <laughs> full, you know, so if I can get out of it, oh my God, you can get out of it. Whatever your money struggle is. Oh, I love that. That's such an inspiring note to leave off on. So where can my listeners go to find out more about you? You have an incredible podcast. So if you are a podcast, well, you are a podcast (laughs) listener as you're listening to this. So go check out the Cash Confidence Stylist podcast. It is fantastic. Misty is hilarious as you can tell and super insightful. It's one of my faves. So let us know where else we can find you. You can find me on Instagram. I pretty much live there. I'm at underscore Misty Jane underscore, and that's Jane with a Y. Also, I am doing a free masterclass, three secrets to becoming a cash confident stylist. And that is going to be October 16th via Zoom. So I would absolutely love for you to join me and we can dive a little bit deeper into finding confidence in your money story. Perfect. I will pop that link in the show notes to make it nice and easy to find. Thank you again for being here. I always love our super raw, super real and authentic conversations. And I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story and your wisdom. Thank you, Jody. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.